Christ in you. What this means is this. Jesus Christ has decided to make his abode in you. So that you become the hope of heaven's manifestation of the glory of God. Can you imagine that? So Christ in you, the hope of glory. The hope for the manifestation of the glory of God in your sphere. That is how important you are to heaven. Hold this. Don't frustrate this grace. Because you are God's hope for the manifestation of his glory. Looking at you, jumping and dancing. I say, hey, people will do better than our generation. <laughs> yeah. But a few observations that I made that I want you to kind of correct so that you'll be able to uh, pick what you have and top up with what you also have. Now, for observe that when you are praying, you just speak only in tongues. Every prayer, tongues, every prayer, tongues. Paul says that I'll speak with my spirit. So I'll speak in tongues, and then I'll also speak with my understanding. So I realize that even worship, everything, every prayer topic, you just go tongues, 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 tongues. It is good, but balance it. Balance, because scripture says that we have to speak with our spirit and speak with our understanding. And so, especially the people who will be leading the prayer meetings, try and then speak the English, the, the vernacular, and then come in with the tones, mix it. Then when we are worshiping and you are speaking in tones, let us know that we are adoring God and that we are not casting out demons. And so just take things easy. When you are adoring God, let us adore, let us take it easy and so that we actually worship God. We actually worship God. And then when we are praying and we hold our hands, don't let us behave as if we are chanting. Huh, 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 huh. No. Yes. I mean, you see, Christianity must be reasonable to those who do not even belong to our faith. They should look at it and find that there's some kind of reason in it. Don't let us behave as if we are chanting. And so please pick some of these things. And then I also realize that um, those who were leading the prayer kept distracting the prayer. Every, every second, hey, 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 every second, hey, hey, hey. No, the supplicant should be allowed to pray. Let the people pray. So what we have been doing as a church is that you pray and pray and pray and then we bring songs in it as impetus to just picking up the prayer again and we pray. And so... When you are leading prayer meetings, let the supplicant pray every second. And then the, the one leading will talk, talk, talk. No, no, we, we didn't come to hear you. This is prayer meeting. Let the people pray. You understand? So let them pray. And so when it's prayer meeting time, let them pray. Sometimes we do a lot of commentary and very little prayer. So let the commentary be least. Let the prayer go on. So in the Church of Pentecost, traditionally, when we are praying, we will start like you start, but we don't end like you end. We'll be praying because we'll come in with a lot of strength. 
But because the prayer meeting will tarry for a long time, after a while, you see that people are seated down and they are praying and sobbing. Because the one who will be leading will just give you space to pray. Then they will be sobbing. Some will be weeping. Because he just led you to go before your own God. And in the presence of God, they will leave you to talk to your God. Let us try and cultivate this thing so that people will know that they have a personal God. Otherwise, they will always be dependent on the prayer leader. But the prayer leader is supposed to lead us just before God. You understand? Yeah. And so, just cultivate that habit. What will make you a strong Christian is when you yourself have cultivated this habit of going to God yourself. If your prayer is just limited to the congregational type of prayer, you will never experience God in, in, as he desires for you to experience. Then one other thing that I also want to bring to your attention is reverence in the house of God. Now we have seen that the new churches uh, make a lot of noise. And noise is good. Dancing is good. Uh, many preachers, once they take their mic, the first thing they will say, uh, can we shout? But you see, it isn't all the time that we shout. There are certain times that we need some kind of silence. And the reverence is very important. They taught us that we should have the consciousness that the Lord is in his temple. And this is scripture. He said, let all the earth be silent before him. God is a father. We can be jumping around him. But also remember that he's a holy God. And that reverence is very important. When we miss reverence, we may be losing certain things, our forebears caught, and we will not have in our generation. And so reverence is key. I want you to come to before God and enjoy his presence, but still remember that we are before a holy God. And so when we are singing, and then the song leader says, please sit down. Don't remain here. And then be doing some antics. For us to see. Because the object of worship is not you. It's God. And so you, you should quickly get lost. So that, no, so that you don't present yourself as somebody to, that we ought to see. Now, I, right now that I've come to stand here, my greatest prayer is that you will see his face and hear his voice. It's not about me. Once you begin to hear my voice and see my face, the effect of the message will not go far. And so all of us should try to lift Christ up, even when you want to dance. It isn't because you have a new dress, for that, that is why you want to come around. Dance as a young a person, but let everything be done to the praise of the one with whom we have come before. And so please pay attention to this ones. And so... Once the prayer is over, or the, uh, the song is over, please sit down. And so that people don't mistake you for God. Yeah. Have I communicated? Fine. Okay. The possessing the nation's agenda is such that we will need one another. The Church of Pentecost alone will not be able to take the nation's. Strong as we are, we will need the other churches to come on board. 
And you as an individual will also need a friend. That is why sometimes Jesus will send the disciples out in twos. We will need a friend. We will need somebody that we can also, can also hold our hands when we are tired like they did for Moses. Because we are going out there to battle against the devil. And it is not going to be easy. So we need to stand shoulder to shoulder with one another so we can make it. So I will be discussing about friends this morning. As we are ending our meeting, I will be discussing about friends. My topic is Amnon had a friend. Amnon had a friend. And my maiden test will be taken from Second Samuel chapter 13 from verse 1 to 3. 2 Samuel 13, 1 to 3. In the course of time, Amnon, son of David, fell in love with Tamar. Now the English pronunciation for this one is Tamar. But the Hebrew is Tamar. So I will stay with the Hebrew. Uh, But if you want the English, you can take that one. The beautiful sister of Absalom, son of David. Amnon became so obsessed with his sister Tamar that he made himself ill. She was a virgin and it seemed impossible for him to do anything to her. Now Amnon had an advisor. Now I don't like the word advisor here. So let's go for the King James or the ESV. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shemir, David's brother. And Jonadab was a very subtle man. Now hold this one. My interest will be verse 3. Shall we read together? But Amnon had a whose name was the son of David's brother and Jonadab was a very subtle man. Now, this word subtle was also used to describe the serpent. So this one has a serpentine spirit. He is a shrewd guy, but he was a friend to Amnon. Now, Jonadab was not only a friend, he was also a cousin. So because he was the son of Shimea, David's brother, So he was a cousin who was also a friend to Amnon. Who was also a friend to Amnon. I'll try and open it up as we move on. Now David is a character worth studying. If you want to follow somebody who who actually teach you a lot. One of such people is David. His household as well. Now he himself is a character worth studying. And his household is also worth studying. In this discussion, I will look at something unpleasant that happened in his house, influenced by a friend of his fair son, the heir to his throne, Amnon. We will take some lessons from what really happened in David's family, especially the impact of of friends Because in the coming years, we will need to hold each other's hands as we possess the nations. 
Now David's first son was Amnon. But his third son was Absalom. Absalom was highly praised for his handsome appearance. Now, 2 Samuel chapter 14, verse 25 and 26. He was highly praised for his handsome Are we there? Fine. So I will take it. In all Israel, there was not a man so highly praised for his handsome appearance as Absalom. From the top of his head to the sole of his foot, there was no blemish in him. See, sometimes you see a human being, the form is so beautiful, but the person is facially uh, a kakakra. And when we were growing up, <laughs> we used to, and uh, we were living in Takra, we used to have a whole lot of things that we say. And sometimes we look at a, a lady, say, no more of a nanny tea na kakakra, nanny nai na kakakra. So you see that some, you, many of us do not have it all. Some people are so beautiful facially. But So you, you realize that if you were to take somebody's leg and face it to this lady's leg, she'll be like uh, Absalom. But for Absalom, from the top of his hair to the sole of his feet, he was without blemish. Yamesha that born. He, he was very, very handsome. Anyway, if the Bible says you are handsome, then you are handsome. Verse 26, whenever he cut the hair of his head, he used to cut his hair once a year because it became too heavy for him. He would weigh it and it, and it weight was 200 shekels by the royal standards. Now, can you, can you imagine somebody who cuts their hair every year? It becomes too heavy for him and this hair is sold by the royal standards. When you the I'm talking about proper one. Yeah. <laughs> Many of you have been deceiving us. <laughs> the real you is under that thing that you are wearing. And, and I know, I know, we all know. So you see that this man, this young man, was beautifully handsome. Can you imagine how beautiful the sister Tamar would look? If the man is described like this, then can you imagine how beautiful the sister Tamar would look? Amnon, the first boy of King David, and the, 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 the heir to the throne of David, became so obsessed with the sister on account of her beauty. Usually those days, even now, you go to the palace and all the king's wives live in the same compound with their children. And this Tamar was the half-sister of Amnon. Because Amnon 
was not of the same mother with Absalom. And Absalom and Tamar were of the same mother. But they, have, they had the same father, David. So Absalom's sister is Tamar. And Amnon was the half-brother to Tamar. Have I communicated now? So he was so obsessed with the beauty of the sister. But, and she, she wanted her. But such a thing was not done in Israel. No. So scripture says that he taught it hard to do anything to her. She was a virgin and it seemed impossible for him to do anything to her. His friend and cousin, Jonadab, came to the palace one day and saw Amnon look worn. He looked worn. He looked haggard. Let's go to 2 Samuel 13. Let's see what happened when Jonadab came to the palace and to visit his friend. 2 Samuel 13 from verse 4. He asked Amnon, why do you, the king's son, look so haggard? Why do you look exhausted? Morning after morning, won't you tell me? Amnon said to him, I am in love with Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. That is his problem. So he tells him what he is actually going through. Then the friend will offer an advice. That is why the NIV says an advisor. But it wasn't an advice, a friend who offered an advice. Verse 5. Go to bed and pretend to be ill. Jonadab said, when your father comes to see you, say to him, I would like my sister Tamar to come and give me something to eat. Let her prepare the food in my sight so I may watch her and then eat it from her hand. See, this, this is Jonadab's advice to his friend. Meanwhile, the friend says that when I see my sister distant away, I feel sick. I want to have her. And then this young man says that, don't worry, pretend to be ill. Your father will bomb his come and visit you. When he comes, tell him that let my sister Tamar come and help me. Let her prepare food for me. And I want to eat it from her hands. When Amnon sees the sister afar off, he is not able to stand. But now Jonadab says that, don't worry, I'll know how I can cause her to come so close. Let's see what really happened. When she came so close, she prepared the food. She thought she was just preparing her food for a brother who, who was sick. And that brother was the most important of all brothers. Because if the king was not there, he was the next to be the king. They revered him. So he went to Amnon. Let's take it from verse 11 now, what really happened. But when she took it to him to eat... He grabbed her and said, come to bed with me, my sister. How can you say, come to bed with me? And you add, my sister. 
Yeah. The next verse, verse 12. No, my brother. She said to him, don't force me. Such a thing should not be done in Israel. Don't do this wicked thing. That is Tamar trying to resist. Next verse, please. What about me? Where can I get rid of my disgrace? And what about you? You will be like one of the wicked fools in Israel. Now, she didn't say you'll be like one of the fools. Wicked fools. And the tree says, is double fool. Yeah. It's full squared. Yeah. Double fool. So the, because the lady is trying to say that now if you do this and people get to hear, you are the heir to the throne. You will lose it. You will be a fool by just a single act. You would have been an objection. So think, think. That is your mother will not think. Let's see what happened. Please speak to the king. Now she even makes some concession. You speak to the king. He will not keep me from being married to you. Now he say he didn't say speak to my father. He says speak to the king. Now he brings the word king in place of father because he said that speak to the man who has authority. Because the king can just bend the rules. And if the king feels that by, by me marrying you will make you happy, you speak to the king. He knows what to do. I don't know whether he will pay attention. Let's move on. Let's see whether he, he paid attention. Are we together? But he refused to listen to her. And since he was stronger than she, he raped her. So let's move on. Verse 15. Now, this is a paradox. Listen to this one. Then Amnon hated her with intense hatred. In fact, he hated her more than he had loved her. Amnon said to her, get up, get out. Why is she treating this beautiful girl like this? Why is it that all of a sudden, the love has turned to hatred. What is going on now? But the lady will still speak. No, she said, sending me away will be a greater wrong than what you have already done to me. But he refused to listen to her. You, 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 you leave me alone. Because she was wearing a special garment that virgins wore. Despite what you have done, you let me walk quietly out. But you will still not do it. Let's move to 17. He called his personal servants and said, get this woman out of my sight and bolt the door after her. Now this young man changes the sister's name and call her this woman. Get her out of my sight. And bolt the door after her. So his servant put her out and bolted the door after her. She was wearing an ornament robe, for this was the kind of garment the virgin daughters of the kings wore. 
Let's see what she did to the rope. Next verse. Tamar put ashes on her head and tore the ornament rope she was wearing. She put her hand on her head and went away, weeping aloud as she went. Weeping aloud as she went. What is going on here? I thought he claimed in verse 4 that I loved my sister. Why is she saying, is he saying in verse 15 that I hate you? What is going on? How can love tend to hate? So what was it for? Now, the love that we are talking about, and even the dictionary's definition of love makes it. What Amnon was really looking for from the sister was a getting love. She, he just wanted to get something from her. So when he had it, it was okay for him. Okay for him. That was not love. It was lust. Let me just look at last versus love. Last versus love. Last is senseless and careless. So one at a time. Love is senseless and careless. You realize that despite the advice the lady was giving this young man, he will not take it. Stop. You will be a fool. Don't do this to me. It is not done in Israel, but this young man was senseless. He was just following the desire. And when somebody is doing that to you, the person does not really love you. The person is lusting after you. Very, very careless. He didn't care whether he lost the throne or not. Just for you to sleep with a girl. Number two, lust is about satisfaction. Love. No, let, let me take the first one. Lust is senseless and careless. Love subordinates feelings to value. Now, we all have feelings. When you don't have any feeling towards an opposite says, maybe you may be an angel that has just arrived. I don't know. But the, the mere fact that you have a feeling towards an opposite says does not mean anything. It only tells you that you are a human being and that you are alive. You are not dead. That is all. But love will always subordinate feeling to values. Number two. Lust is about satisfaction. Satisfaction. He, I'm not just wanted to satisfy himself. Love is sacrifice. Love is sacrifice. When somebody really loves you, he will not put you in a family way whilst you are in school. He will not even try to, to, to do all these kind of things with you. No. Love is sacrifice. They have all the patience to wait for the right time. Last is now. Love is then. Let's wait. Let's wait. Last is insistent. Insistent. Now, sometimes when you, you, you have some affection towards this lady, and in 12 midnight, every second you want to be testing, 
then what you are going through, you are becoming Amnon small, small. Yeah. That, that is not real love. It, it shouldn't be that insistent. And that's what you baby own to me in your That's what this And sometimes when people want to marry and the parents come in, try to intervene, say, oh, please wait. I'm not comfortable. You say, it's one my mom, why not? Who I mean, who will go and bury you? That, wait. See, when sometimes these things are not real love, it is just a getting love. Getting love. Getting love. love last is insist, insistent love is patient. Last torments. Love is peace and refreshing. Last torments. Love is peace and refreshing. Last cannot be trusted like Amnon. When you see that somebody is lasting after you, don't hang around that person. Especially when the person makes some one or two advances and you know that this young man or this lady is interested in me amorously. Don't be hanging around those people. You can't trust them. Don't. When a lecturer makes some advances towards you, don't be frequenting the lecturer's house. When a young man touches you at the wrong place, don't say, oh, brother, oh, brother, stop, brother, stop. No. Say stop. If you listen to the language Tamar used, there was exclamation mark, exclamation mark. She was serious. Her voice was strong. Lust cannot be trusted, but love is dependable. It never fails. Many waters cannot quench love. Love is dependable. Let us look at the resultant effect of Ammon's action on her sister Tamar. Verse 20. Verse 20. Verse 20. Her brother Absalom said to her, Has Amnon, your brother, been with you? You see, because of the action of her sister. So Absalom saw the sister and he could read into what has gone on. Be quiet now, my sister. He is your brother. Don't take this thing to heart. Now, my interest is the last sentence. Shall we read together? And Tamar lived in her brother Absalom's house, a desolate woman. Can you imagine? This beautiful girl, now a desolate, desolate woman. She wasn't able to overcome that thought. And she is now depressed. Say, Where will her beauty be? She will not enjoy the, the kind of marriage that the king's daughters will enjoy. She lived there, a spoiled lady. That is the resultant effect of Amnon's action. How could Amnon do such a thing, such a wicked thing to, against her own sister? The answer is simple. His friend. His friend. His friend. His friend is the answer. When we talk about a friend, we mean person attached to one another, a feeling of affection, 
or personal regard. Such persons gives such persons give assistance or support to one another. So that is a friend. We attach to them and then we give support. Such is a friend. Proverbs 27 verse 9. Proverbs 27 verse 9. Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart. And the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. The pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. So a very good friend gives pleasant and heartfelt advice. So we always want to hang around with our friends because we talk and they also talk to us. That is friend. See, Amnon's problem, all that has happened is because of Amnon's friend. See, Amnon thought it hard to do anything to her and he would have stopped because there was no way, it was quite impossible. So eventually he would have stopped. But he had a friend called Jonadab. And Jonadab was a very subtle guy. When he thought of the father, the king, the king and the implications on the kingship, he would have stopped. But he had a friend called Jonadab. Jonadab was a shrewd guy. See, Amnon had training. In fact, the father has taught all of us that what can a young man, how can a young man keep his way pure? Says, by watching his, by moving according to the statutes of God. The father is a great teacher. And Amnon himself, he, he knew that he had training. Otherwise, how would he know that such a thing cannot be done? Why was it impossible for him? Why? Because the father has taught them. But, and so he would have stopped anyway. But he had a friend. He had a friend. He never became the king of Israel. Though he was a rightful heir of, to the throne. Because he had a friend. He went to the premature grave. In fact, after two years, Absalom also killed Amnon. Because of the sister. To avenge the sister um, Absalom also killed Amnon. So Amnon died just two years after. He went to the premature grave. Why? Because he, Amnon, had a certain friend. Tamar never saw the joy of marriage because his brother Amnon had a certain friend. Hatred amongst the family of David. Now, if we got to a time that Absalom himself rose against David, it's all the the beginning of all that Absalom did was because of the rape. All because Absalom's brother Amnon had a certain friend. Show me your friend and I'll show you who you are or what you will soon become. You show me your friend and I'll show you who you are or what you will soon become. If your wife's best friend is this divorcee, I, uh, be careful. Otherwise, you will be divorced. See, because when they meet together, the kind of discussions may center around, you see, these days, when I let go my husband, when I left the house, I'm free. I don't cook. 
I come home anytime. Say, as for me, we are still in the cooking business. And the man too, show me your friend. And I will show you who you are or what you soon become. You show me your friend. And I'll show you who you are or what you soon become. There were these young men who, um, one of them's father had a vehicle. Uh, he was a rich guy. So they were on vacation. They lived in the same community. So this guy took the father's car and then they started picking some young men. It was a bucky, a pickup. So some of them would jump at the back. Others were sitting in it. And so they were going around and then driving carelessly. But there was this old man who was also trimming his hedges. Anytime that they got to where the man was, they made, they, 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 they threatened as if they were going to hit the man. The old man would jump away and they would come back and do that disturbing the man. Then they picked this friend called Joe. So when Joe uh, Joe just jumped into the back, the back, uh, the, the, the bucket. And so Joe was also there. Then they got to where this old man was, but not knowing that the old man was frustrated. So he has gone to take his gun. So when they did that, the old man shot. Guess who died? Guess who died? Joe. When Joe was buried, they had this. On his tomb. They wrote this on his tomb. This is Joe. He would have been alive, but he had some friends. This is Joe. He would have been alive, but he has some friends. Shall we rise to our feet now? Show me your friend. And I'll show you who you are or what you will soon become. When I even became a pastor, up to today, I'm careful of people who have become my friends. Because you can have some other people who have come into the pastoral ministry and their their focus is not Christ. It is because it's difficult to get a job. So they have come as an employee. For them, their concern is how much we get. There are always the mismultitude. There are always people who are mismultitude. So even in the pastoral ministry, be careful who becomes your friend. How much more pensa? Shall we just lift up your hands now? This is Joe. He would have been alive, but he has some friends. Shall we pray that God will help us, that we will become good friends and save us from friends like Jonadab? Shall we pray? Just pray for yourself. We are even praying to our future. Oh, God, help us. Help us, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, shall we please keep standing? 
Wherever you are, UDS, KNUST, please stand for a moment. Stand for a moment. Proverbs 18, verse 24. We'll take Proverbs 18, 24, and then we will sit down. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who stays closer than a brother. If you have friends like Jonadab, you will soon be destroyed. But there still are good friends who stay closer than a brother. So the life is not only about Jonadab. They are also Jonathan's good friends who saved David. So we need to look for the Jonathan's and the Jonadabs. Shall we please sit down? Evil communication corrupts good morals. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Bad friends will take you out of the church. Bad friends will take you out of the church. Pull you out from your home. Bad friends will ruin your career. Bad friends will destroy your children. Bad friends will be a distraction to you. So, how do we choose a friend? I have said that we have the Jonadab and we also have the Jonathans. They are all available. How do you or do I choose a friend? I will give you the basic principle that you have to look for when you are choosing a friend. I will add two more. But the first one is the basic. That one should be held constant. Then I'll give you two more, just two. And then top it up with all that you know. And then I'll summarize the three in a statement. So let's move on. The basic principle that you have to apply when you are looking for a friend is Psalm 119 verse 63. Psalm 119, verse 63. Psalm 119, verse 63. I am a friend to all who fear you, to all who follow your precepts. This is the basic principle. So, when you are looking for a friend, be a friend to all who fear the Lord. People who have set God apart yeah, they have set God apart as Lord in their lives. Be a friend or who fear the Lord. This one should be the basic principle. Hold this one constant. A people who fear the Lord, they should be your friend. Then I'll add this to Number two, walk with wise people. Look for young people, young ladies who are wise. Proverbs 13, verse 20. Proverbs 13, verse 20. Walk with the wise and become wise. See, wise people are very discreet. They are, they are, they, they are prudent. Uh, wise people are understanding. Now, wise people love counsel. Walk with the wise. Wise people know that we don't marry in KNUST. 
And that KNUST is a school. We learn, we don't marry there. So wise people do not, be, do not sleep around with girls. Because that place is for learning. We don't marry there. So walk with the wise and you'll be wise. They wouldn't spend money anyway, anyhow. They wouldn't want to join gangsters, wise people. They, they know the end from the beginning. They are, they are smart. Number three, look out for diligent people. Look out for diligent people and walk with them and let them be your friends. Proverbs 12. Verse 24. Proverbs 12, 24. Diligent hands will rule, but laziness ends in false labor. Now, when you diligent hand, they are studious, they are hardworking, they spend quality time doing things that will help their future. And the Bible says that such people will rule. So walk with them so that you can also rule. Walk with diligent people. Proverbs 13, verse 4. Proverbs 13, verse 4. A sluggard's appetite is never filled, but the desire of the diligent are fully satisfied. Sluggard. Study. Learn. Be diligent. And then your desire will be satisfied. When you have people like that as friends, it's better. When he has to go to SU, they are there. They are going to Pensa. They commit spirit, soul, and body in everything they do. And they do it well. When it comes to studying, they also study. From the word go, they start learning as if tomorrow is exams time. And then when they have space, they are in Pensa. They also learn and they love God as if Jesus is going to carry the next day. Diligent people, they will rule. Let me summarize these three. In Psalm 1, verse 1 to 3. I'm summarizing all these three in Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in, in step with the wicked. Or stand in the way that sinners take. Or sit in the company of mockers. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord. And who's, who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by the streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaves do not wither. Whatever they do, prospers. Fine. But do you not only look for such things in people, be one yourself. Yeah. Do not just look for Wisdom in people. Be wise yourself. Do not look for diligence in people. Be diligent yourself. Do not look for the fear of God in people so that you can become their friends. Let the fear of God rule your lives so that you yourself, you are a good friend that people can have. Have I communicated? So when we are saying that friends, friends, prepare yourself to be a good friend. Be somebody who fear God. Walk in wisdom and pray for wisdom. Be very diligent. Be very diligent. So that people can have you as good friends. So that they can partner with you 
and save our world. So that when you come home with them and your parents see them, they are happy. Very decent. Very decent guys. You see, bad friends can teach you how to dress to shock everybody minus yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people like that, when they come to your house and your parents say, even the way they dress will speak about who your friend is. But anyway, before I end, let me say this. God also has friends. And I want to encourage you to join his friends. God also has friends. One of my greatest prayers is God, make me one of your friends. Make me try. God, you try. Fix me somewhere. <laughs> I've been praying about God. You make me one of your friends. Try. Because the John Wesley's are gone. The Moses are gone. I'm here. So just fix me somewhere. <laughs> it is one of my greatest prayers. When we were in South Africa, there was this young man. Um, let me say, we had a program. And we invited some South African singers to come and help us. And... When they were leaving, this lady said he's had a message from the Lord. And so he asked somebody to come and give me the message. But the message was simple. And that God says that he loved a certain young man in our church. The church that I am a pastor. God loves somebody but not me. (laughs) And then they, they mentioned the name. In fact, the name she had, she mentioned it. And this is a South African, and this one has a typical uh, Akan name. But she mentioned it. And then when I heard the name, and I checked it with the human being, I could feel in my spirit that this prophecy, this word is true. That guy was, he has a deacon. And he loved the Lord. He has never been praying in church. He's not led a prayer meeting. He's never preached before. But one day when we were building, I went to the site one afternoon. And I saw him around. He was there alone. I said, ah, what are you doing here? He said, oh, the day we'll finish this building. I'll be glad. We, we were just at the footing level. And he is saying that the day we'll finish, he'll be glad. He's left his job. It was break time and he has rushed to where we are building. When we come to, it comes to offering, he will work very hard and give us some, some good money. He wasn't the richest, but he would give good money. And so when I saw him that day, I realized that he loved God. And he loved the things of God. But I didn't know that heaven loves him. From that day, I started repenting most more. Say, God, see, it's, it's not about the pastor. It is about a certain person and a certain heart. You see, when people are just doing anything, don't join them. Because the eyes of the Lord goes through and flow the earth. He's looking for a certain person. And let it be you. So that you will not just be a friend of somebody, a good friend like Jonadab saving the David's 
but a friend of God. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 7. 2 Chronicles 27. Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? Huh? To Abraham, your what? Your friend. God has friends. Exodus 33, verse 1. Exodus 33. The Lord will speak. The Lord said to the Lord will speak. 33 verse 11. Sorry. The Lord Exodus 33 verse 11. The Lord will speak to Moses face to face as one speak to a friend. Then Moses will return to the camp. But his young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave. The tent. One day, Aaron and Miriam, the blood siblings, rare siblings of Moses, they spoke against me, and God said, What? Are you people not afraid to speak to this servant of mine? Somebody that I speak face to face, my friend. So God has friends. And today, I want to lift the bar. Not just for you to be a good friend to your fellow and to let go of these evil friends that have come in your life and be a good friend yourself, but be a friend of God. Shall we rise to our feet now? Oh God, be a friend of God. Be a friend of God. Shall we take that song, I'm a, I'm, I'm a friend of God. I am a friend of Get ready for prayer. So you see this message. When we're preaching, nobody was standing up and say, Hey, preach on. Because it's about you. The people who say preach on is as if preach to somebody. That is why we don't encourage these things in our in our church. Every time that you sit, receive it for yourself. Transform your life so you can transform others. Do we want to be good friends? Do we want to get the Jonadabs out of our lives? Do it today. Yeah. Do it today. When Jonah was in the, heart, the belly of the fish, in Jonah chapter 2, verse 8. Let's read from the King James, Jonah 2, 8. Jonah 2, verse 8. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercies. Give me the ESV too. Let me see. Those who pay regard to vain idols forfeit their, their hope of steadfast love. Then give me NIV. 1984 NIV. Okay, let me take this one. Those who cling to worthless idols Turn away from God's love for them. 
I like this one. Now, my brother, uh, my tall brother, come. Hold the scripture. Those who cling to worthless idols. Let's say that I'm a lady. And this one is my boyfriend. Now listen. If you cling to worthless idols, you forfeit the grace your own husband will never come. That is what it means. If you cling to worthless idols, you forfeit the love that should be yours. So don't cling to it. If there's somebody giving you some advice and you call a friend who is leading you away from God, let the person go so that the Jonathans will come your life. Yeah. This is what we mean. If you cling on to worthless idols, you will forfeit the grace that can be yours. Shall we lift up our hands and then begin to pray for yourself? Oh God. Oh God. Let me be a good friend. Grant me the year and the wisdom to be able to separate the Jonathans from the Jonadabs. Shall we pray together?